So today is Palm Sunday. We got that. Celebrate the triumphal entry, Jesus entering in to Jerusalem as King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Because of his fame, really, because of his ability to do miracles, uh, the people welcomed him in. Come, Jesus, what are you going to give us next? They shouted, like we shouted this morning, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But in less than a week, less than a week, five days if I'm doing the math right, on the following Friday, Good Friday, many of those same people would be shouting, crucify him, crucify him. When Jesus entered into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, he knew he was heading for the cross. He knew, this is the final week here, he's heading for the cross. He knew he would face his enemies. He knew his friends would desert him. He knew his triumphal entry would lead to difficulty, to pain, to suffering, and to his own death. But as he moved forward, we get one of the greatest demonstrations. Think of the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but yours be done. We get one of the greatest demonstrations of strength and courage as Jesus faced his enemies, and ultimately, he won the greatest victory in all of history from the cross. And today, in week 11 of our history of redemption, as Jesus redeemed us from the cross, as we're looking at this history of redemption, we come to a a different triumphal entry found in the book of Joshua. And we come to a man, Joshua himself, who would need uh, strength and courage for the task that God had given him. The the people of Israel are again poised to enter the promised land. They were there once before. We talked about that two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago in Bible time was 40 years ago. So we're going pretty fast here, covering it. Numbers 13 and 14, if you remember, how because of unbelief and fear they failed to enter the promised land. And as we come to the book of Joshua, 40 years have passed, 40 years in which the previous generation has wandered and died in the wilderness. Only Caleb and Joshua, the two faithful spies, they're the only ones that remain. Moses has handed off leadership to Joshua. Joshua is now the new commanding general, the leader of the people. He will be tasked, given the mission to lead the people into the promised land. But don't forget, the land hasn't changed. The land is still filled with obstacles, enemies, even giants, really big guys. There are at least 31 different kings in the land, and all of them have their own armies. That hasn't changed. Joshua must face these challenges. And so before he leads the people into the fight of their lives, God comes to him. God comes to him and he speaks some amazing words. In Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, that's our text for today, God gives Joshua a powerful, uh, motivational speech, so to speak. God instructs, motivates, and inspires Joshua to lead his people into the promised land. God doesn't want Joshua to succumb to the unbelief and fear that was the downfall of the previous generation. So three times, God comes to him and he commands Joshua to be strong and courageous. 
God gives Joshua instructions, motivation, reasons to be strong and courageous. And I believe this motivational speech that God gives Joshua is meant for us as well. As we examine what God says to Joshua, I want us to hear what God is saying to us. I want us to be instructed. I want us to be motivated, inspired by the words of the Lord. Because like Joshua, God is calling us. God is calling us. He's commanding us. Not to conquer a physical land, but to enter into our world. To face the enemies of the cross. And to be His representatives to those who need a Savior. The world that we're called to enter is filled with difficulty and pain and obstacles and enemies. And we, like Joshua, need to receive motivation and inspiration and instruction from our Lord. We need to be strong and courageous. So let's begin by just reading God's speech to Joshua. I want to give you the full thing and the full context. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 9. If you have Bibles and you want to read along in there, it'll be up there, but you might want to grab your Bible and if you want to underline or highlight something. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses... The servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. So he's, he's, been, he's been following along with Moses. He's his assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I have given to them, to the people of Israel. Every place, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses." From the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will, have your, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. Joshua's charged up now, he's ready to go. Now let me ask a question. Why do you think God repeats three times the phrase, be strong and courageous? Be strong. What do you think? He really means it. Repetition means he means it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. You're going to need strength and courage. Any other thoughts? <laughs> They're scared to death. That's good. That's good. I am sure uh, Joshua, as the leader, I mean, he's been Moses' assistant. He's seen things, but he's, he's now stepping up. He's now the new leader, and he's scared to death, and rightly so, and rightly so. The task before him was huge, difficult, 
impossibly impossible. And what we need to understand is this. God, in his sovereignty, designed it this way. He made it this way. It's not an accident that the land is full of all those ites, Canaanites and Jebusites and Perizzites and Hivites and Hittites. It's not an accident. God wanted Joshua to look out across the land and think, there's no way I can do this. I can't, I can't do this. We need to see that this is how God operates. This is his M.O. This is how God rolls, if I can be so bold. Maybe you know this firsthand. Has God ever called you to do something that scared you to death? Have you ever thought, there's no way, God, I can't do that? Well, that's how it's supposed to be. I remember when God called me to be a missionary. I was, a, I was a, once a missionary a long time ago. I was 18 years old, and I was petrified, quivering. My fearful emotional reaction was, there's no way, God. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I've done? Don't you know I'm weak and sinful and incapable? I could never be a missionary. Satan will crush me before I can even step on an airplane. And I had a similar, similar, maybe a little more mature, but a similar reaction uh, when I was called to be the pastor of this church. And those are just a couple big ones in my life. There, there have been and continue to be many occasions in my life where God calls, God commands me to do something, and I start to shake, and the fear uh, begins to well up in my heart. But what I want us all to get is that God's calling, His commanding His people into difficult and hard and risky and seemingly impossible things is a normal part of the Christian life. It's not just for Moses and Joshua and missionaries and pastors. We as individuals and in a, as a church are in a sense designed to be put into situations that are, from a human perspective, well above, well above our pay grade. We just can't do it. We're supposed to face things that cause us fear. Because it's when we're afraid, that's when we're forced to turn to God. That's when we're forced to look to God. We come to the end of ourselves, to the end of our own personal abilities, and we must rely on God. Get this, get this, Bridges Church. God seeks to put us in situations where we need Him. God seeks to put us into a a place, places where we need Him, where we must rely on His power. He calls us to do things we cannot do on our own. I mean, if the Christian life is just about sitting back, living out a nice, comfortable uh, uh, spin on the American dream, if we want to be just like our non-Christian neighbors, except for uh, we go to church, on most Sundays, if we want to indulge and please and entertain ourselves like the world, then we do not need God. Don't need Him. However, if we want our lives to be renewed, if we want our lives to be transformed, if we want to have an impact in our community and in our world, if we want to be world changers, then we will most definitely need the Lord. We will need His strength, 
and His courage in our lives. Now, what is strength? What is courage? Courage. Thinking of that cowardly lion there. but We could do a little Hebrew word studies, or I could quote some Old Testament scholars on the meanings. But really, they, they, they kind of mean very similar to what our English words mean. We have a sense of strength and of courage. So I just want to uh, drive this point home by quoting, hope this doesn't lose any brownie points, one of my favorite actors, John Wayne. The Duke provides some great insight into courage when he says these simple words. Courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Do you see what he's saying? Courage isn't some macho ability to get rid of your fear. I have no fears. Courage is the ability to face your fears head on. To, in spite of your fears, to saddle up and to ride into fearful, difficult, painful, dangerous, risky circumstances. And the question before us this morning, when God commands us to saddle up, to head straight for the thing that's scaring us to death, where do we find the strength and courage we need to do that? And the answer to that question is found in our passage for today. He gives that to Joshua. It's a gift to Joshua. This morning, I want us to see three truths that God speaks to Joshua. And I think he's speaking those to us as well. God doesn't tell Joshua uh, or us to manufacture or just, you know, you need to just be strong and courageous. He doesn't just tell us to manufacture our own strength and courage. Instead, he gives three truths that help Joshua and you and me face our fears. Three truths that will instruct and motivate and inspire us to be strong and courageous. First, God says to Joshua and us, be strong and courageous by trusting, and I'm going to add to that, by trusting and fighting. That's not up there. I I just realized that that's a big part of this this morning. By trusting and fighting for God's promises. By trusting and fighting for God's promises. And we'll see how those work together in in a second as we go. Now, even before we get to Joshua chapter 1, I want you to see how Joshua himself Uh, how God uses Joshua as a picture of God's promise to his people. When you read through Numbers, did you read through Numbers? Don't raise your hand, I don't want to see that. Uh, But we were back in Numbers chapter 16. Did you notice, uh, Numbers chapter 13, verse 16, did you notice this verse? It says, These are the names of the men Moses sent to explore the land. Moses gave Hoshea, son of Nun, the name Joshua. Did you you know that God changed... uh, Joshua's name. Moses, under God's authority and direction, changed this guy, Hoshea's his name to Joshua. Why? Well, Hoshea means salvation. Hoshea means salvation. And that's a pretty good name. I like that name, salvation. Good name. But Joshua means Jehovah, God, Yahweh is salvation. Do you see what God is doing? He's making it clear that when Joshua leads the people of Israel into the promised land, that it's not Joshua, salvation, who's saving them. It's God himself. Jehovah is salvation. He's saying to the children of Israel, I'm changing the name of your your leader, who will be your leader, to a promise that I am salvation. I will save you from your enemies. Be strong and courageous because Jehovah promises salvation 
Jehovah will save you from those who are in the land, the Canaanites and Amorites and Hittites and Hivites. And that takes us to Joshua chapter 1. So we have Joshua. His name means Jehovah is salvation. Now chapter 1, God promises to give the land of Canaan to his people. Again, he promises. We won't read it all again, but in Joshua chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, God repeats almost verbatim. This is a promise that God gave to Moses in Deuteronomy. He says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. This promise was given to Abraham. It was given to Isaac. It was given to Jacob. It's given to Moses. Now it's given to Joshua. I will give you this land. And to Joshua, he says, I have given you the land. Past tense. It's a done deal. The first time we see be strong and courageous, verse 6, God says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. God's reflecting back. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, I swore to give them this land. I promised to give them to this land. And you, Joshua, are now going to be my instrument to deliver that promise. There's no doubt There's no question here. Yes, Israel is going to face their fears. They're going to have to saddle up and fight for the land. But because of God's promise, the land already belongs to them. They've been guaranteed victory by the promise of the Lord. And if they'll trust in His promises, then they will find the strength and courage they need to fight, to gain victory. The victory that's been promised by the Lord. The same thing's true in our lives. Really, it is. Our part in receiving God, check this out. Our part in receiving God's promises is the same as Israel's part in receiving the promised land. When God in His Word gives us a promise, and when we trust Him for that promise, then we find strength and we find courage to then step out in faith. We put our faith into action. He's promised it. Now I can act upon it. We fight to gain victory that has already been promised by God. Let me just give a a couple brief examples, and I don't have time to go into them, but I want you to uh, just take this now as as you, in your reading the Bible, as we go through the Bible, and just your personal reading, as you come to promises, think of them this way. A few quick examples. I'm not even going to read the verses. I'm just going to tell you the promise. In 1 Corinthians 10.13, if you want to jot it down, God promised that He promises that His people can endure temptation and overcome sin. He promises that. Then, because of that, that should give us the strength and courage to fight. To fight that we might endure temptation, that we might overcome sin. It's been promised. We can do it because God's promised. Now fight for it. In Luke chapter 11, verses 9 and 10, and other places, God promises to answer our prayers. And that promise should give us the strength and courage to stay on our knees until our prayers are answered. We give up so quickly. God, uh, I thought you promised to answer my prayer, and I prayed, uh, but I don't have... You've got to persist. Trust in the promises. Fight for the promise. In Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6, God promises to guide our lives. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on, on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. He promises 
And that should give us strength and courage to seek the Lord's guidance in His Word, in prayer, until He provides the guidance. He's promised to give us guidance, but we have to fight for that guidance. Like the children of Israel who first had to trust in God's promise of the land, and then they had to fight to receive the land, we have to trust in God's promises, and then we have to fight to receive those promises. But when we know we're fighting for something that God has promised, and we know that God will be fighting for us, then we have the strength and courage to move forward, to never give up, to never surrender. As the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, we will fight the good fight. Fight the good fight of faith. We must fight to gain the victory that's been promised, that's been guaranteed by God. So first, courage and strength comes by trusting and fighting for God's promises. Second, be strong and courageous by obeying God's commands. Verse 7, God says, Only be strong and courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you okay it was a bible that's all i wrote down okay stop so we'll just right that you may be successful thank you tom uh so there's a promise there as well so in deuteronomy moses has given this new generation God's law, the second giving of the law. Uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, the law is given, and then in Deuteronomy gives it again to this generation. And, and God says to Joshua, you must maintain strict adherence to the law. Don't go to the right. Don't go to, there's boundaries, and you have to go stay in those boundaries that I've given because this will be how you represent me to the nations around you. Remember, we've talked about that. And it's interesting, when you read Joshua this week, I don't, if you're reading through, we just got to the very beginning of Joshua in our reading, but as you read through Joshua this week, you'll notice that Israel's success in the promised land is never based on their military strategy or strength. Their success is always based on obedience to the Word of God. They win when they're obedient, and they lose when they're disobedient. When they're obedient, all it takes is some guys playing some tunes and shouting and marching around the city, Jericho, and the walls come tumbling down. But when they're disobedient, even the strongest men sent to, 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 to defeat this little city called Ai are defeated. You'll get those when you, when you read it this week. Courage and strength does not come from following the ways of the world. Courage and strength comes from following the Word of God. That's what we see throughout the book of Joshua. So God says to him in verse 8, Joshua, if you want to be strong and courageous, then, then this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Meditating on the law, meditating on the Word of God will facilitate your ability to obey the commands of God. If you know them, if you're meditating on them, that helps you to do them, to obey them. You have to know to obey. And when you obey, this will impact your prosperity in your life, your success. 
So meditation on the law is key to success. God says, Joshua, God's word must be in your mind. Fix your mind on the word of God. Read it. Memorize it. Think about it. That word uh, meditate in the Hebrew really means to mutter. It's talking about speaking. You know, just walk around talking to yourself. The word of God. Be strong. God said, be strong and courageous. Don't depart from this side, this side. You know, just keep muttering God's word. So God's word must be on our minds, in our hearts. God's word must be on our mouth. And God's word must show forth in our lives. We must do according to, he says, do according to all that is written here. Follow it. God's word is Joshua's authority. God's word is our authority. And it's when we know his word, it's when we know his word, and when we're obeying his commands, when we know we're doing, when we're in that sweet spot, I like to call it, you know, you play tennis, when you hit it in the sweet spot, if you hit it on the edge, it's kind of blah, Get it in that sweet spot. It feels so good. When you're in the sweet spot, obeying God's word, walking with the Lord, that's when we find our strength and courage. Let me share a, a spiritual secret with you. You may have discovered it yourself, but if not, here it is. It's almost always, almost always, when you step out in faith, in obedience to God's commands, that you then receive, that you then receive, the strength and courage to obey those commands. When you begin to step out in faith, God then empowers you, gives you the strength and courage to obey. God in His wisdom waits. He wants us to have faith. He wants us to demonstrate faith. And so when we step out in faith, that's when He empowers us with the strength and courage we need to obey His commands, to walk with Him. I experienced this just recently. A young man came into the church office he was looking for help, you know, and usually when that happens, uh, and it happens a lot more now than it used to in our old place, that happens, my heart starts pounding, I, a little fear, what's this guy going to be like, is he going to be, sometimes they're a little wacko, I'm just saying, sometimes I can't understand what they're even asking for, it's hard, you know, it's just a hard thing that, that, that I have to, do. I mean, it's hard for me. Not sure what best to do, but I remembered, you know, as I, 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 I felt the Lord saying, okay, engage this guy. Remember, I'm, I commanded, care for the, the needy, and this guy looked needy. And so I stepped out and engaged, and I don't do this all the time, so I'm not, I'm just, I could give you failure stories. I'm going to give you a success story here. I stepped out and I engaged this young man, and as I did, I could sense the Lord's strength in me. It's supernatural. It really is. I asked him, God, no, I didn't ask God, I asked him. I asked him about, you know, we're connected with the Passive Life Ministry, and I asked him if he knew about the Passive Life Ministry, if he needed a place to stay. But he said he, was, he had a bus ticket, and he was going to catch a bus. He was going out of town where some family was, and all he needed was something to eat. So I took him over to a great American restaurant, Baker's, and bought him a meal and just spent some time talking with him, you know, talking with him praying with him as he left for his buff. And, and along the way, I could just sense God, there was the fear left, you know? And I could sense God giving me the, the fear that was there at the beginning. As I obeyed, God took it away and replaced it with his strength and courage. I think as we obey God's commands, he gives us the strength and courage we need. 
So second, courage and strength comes by obeying God's word, God's commands. Third, be strong and courageous by depending on God's presence. This is a biggie. This is, this is maybe the, it's last in the order, but maybe it should be first in our application. Verse 9, God says, I, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Earlier in verse 5, God had said, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, because you're so awesome, Joshua. That's not what it says. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. No man can stand up against you because I'm with you. With God and me, we have a majority. He says the same thing in in just two different ways. Verse 9 and verse 5. You're not going to be alone, Joshua. This is huge. From the human perspective, Joshua should be scared to death entering into this land with walled cities and fortified and armies and giants. He has every reason to be scared to death if he's on his own. There are giants in the land. So God assures him, I will be with you every step of the way. I will not leave you or forsake you. In fact, I will fight for you. I'm going to cause the walls to fall. Depend on my presence in your life to overcome obstacles and fears and difficulties. So with the presence of God, instead of being paralyzed with fear, Joshua could be sure of victory. Think about it. He hadn't even won one battle. This is pre-go-crossing the Jordan. And he was guaranteed to win the whole land. That's good news. And the same is true for us. We, like Joshua, are not on our own. If you're a child of God, You've trusted in Jesus Christ, then God's Spirit dwells in you. Spirit of the, I like the version I know, but I love the new version, isn't that good? Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. The Spirit dwells in you. You have the presence of God in your life. God is on your team. Not really. You're on God's team. And that, my brothers and sisters, is the basis for our strength and courage. If God is not on your team, if you're not on God's team, then you have no basis for strength. strength. This is all doesn't apply to you. This is applicable to those who've trusted in the Lord, who His Spirit dwells with. Our ability to face all the fears and challenge and, and difficulties of this life depends on God's presence in our life. The Apostle Paul wrote, Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? And the answer is, no one, nothing. So God, in this amazing speech, has given Joshua and us three inspirational, motivational, instructional truths. Be strong and courageous by trusting and fighting for God's promises by obeying God's commands, and by depending on God's presence. These truths, when applied, will lead us to face our fears and fulfill God's call on our lives with strength and courage. And so I'd like to conclude with the application. I just want to apply these truths. You know, they can apply to all kinds of areas of our life where where fears come up, facing uh, job situations, facing difficulties in relationships financial issues, 
They can apply to all those. But I just want to apply them to an area that I think we all struggle uh, with fear. I certainly do. And if you haven't guessed or seen your notes, uh, this area is the area of our mission. Our mission. Reaching out to the people in our world and telling them the good news of Jesus Christ. That's our mission. Application. Be strong and courageous in mission. In, in Joshua 1, 1 through 9, that we've just finished studying, God is commissioning Joshua to lead Israel to the promised land. It's a commissioning. You know, maybe you've been with us some Sundays when we've had missionaries here, maybe going out for the first time or returning to the field, and we've commissioned them. We've prayed for them. And, and that's what uh, God is commissioning Joshua. You're the leader, just imparting this authority to him. And in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus is commissioning his disciples to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And both, Joshua's uh, going into the land and the disciples taking the gospel to the ends of the earth require strength and courage. Think about Jesus' final days with his disciples. He's been crucified and he's risen from the dead. That's what we, you know, we, we celebrated the triumphal entry, Good Friday, the crucifixion, Easter Sunday, the resurrection. This has all taken place. And Jesus comes to his disciples. He's about to ascend into heaven. He's about to take off. And, and just leave it in their hands, so to speak. And he gives them this great commission. And don't forget, he's not just talking to his first disciples, but this applies to all disciples that follow. This applies to us here at Bridges. And the first thing Jesus does is he gives them a promise to trust in. He gives them a promise to trust in. He says, uh, uh, Jesus promises us victory. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Me, not me, but he, Jesus. Jesus has all authority in heaven and earth. Now there's a promise we can trust in. There's a promise that should give us strength and courage. Think about Jesus, the one that's in our hearts, has all authority. The promise is that God has given Jesus authority over all peoples. Jesus is in charge of all peoples, all the peoples of the earth. And this means that Jesus is in charge of the outcome of history. And therefore, through Jesus, there will be victory. He guarantees it because He's already accomplished it. It's a done deal. He died on the cross in our place for our sins. He conquered sin and death. He rose from the dead. He will ascend to the Father. He'll be exalted on high at the Father's right hand. Through Jesus, the door to salvation has been thrown wide open. In fact, check this out. That's what Jesus' name means. The name Jesus is the Greek. So, you know, the Old Testament, mostly Hebrew. The New Testament, mostly written in Greek. Old Testament Hebrew, Joshua, means Jehovah is salvation. New Testament, Jesus, Greek, means Jesus is salvation. Jesus really was named Joshua, same name. Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. Jesus' name promises salvation. It promises victory. All authority among all peoples belongs to Him. God has given Jesus reign and rule and dominion and power over all the peoples. Victory is guaranteed. The Apostle Paul, Philippians 2, 10 and 11, this amazing, amazing truth and promise. At the name of Jesus, you've heard it, I hope. 
At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. What that means, what Jesus' authority over all peoples means, is what Paul writes here in in Philippians 2.10, that God has guaranteed victory among all peoples. All will bow before Jesus. Think about it. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. History's over. This is a scene in heaven. And they sang a new song. You are worthy. To Jesus they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Jesus has authority. Jesus has purchased men and women from every tribe and tongue and language and nation. And so we engage in our mission We reach out in Riverside and we send and support missionaries to the ends of the earth. When we do that, God promises victory through Christ. So be strong and courageous because we're on the right side of redemptive history. Think about going into battle. I didn't serve in the military. Uh, Some of you did. But think about going into battle. There has to be great fear. But going into battle when the outcome is not in doubt the fear begins to fall away. God's Word has promised us victory. And so if we reach out trusting in God's promises, then we will be victorious. Not that every person we share the gospel with will come to Christ, but the gospel will go forth in victory. And some, some will come to know Jesus. It's guaranteed. So trust in God's promises and be strong and courageous as you engage in the mission that God has given us. The Great Commission continues and Jesus gives a command to obey. Jesus commands us to go and make disciples. Really, the go part isn't necessarily the command in the, in the grammar there. We think it is. Go is it's sort of as you're going, as your normal way of life. Make disciples. Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. We're commanded to go, make disciples, to proclaim the gospel, to equip those who receive Jesus Christ. That's our mission. And to do that, we need strength and courage. But remember the spiritual secret we learned? It's almost always when you step out in faith and obey God's commands, when you engage in that mission, that you receive the strength and, and, and courage that you need to accomplish what God has called you to do. Often, strength and courage to share your faith with someone in your life doesn't come until you start sharing your faith with someone in your life. Until you open your mouth in obedience to God's command. He then provides you with the strength and the courage to be His witness. Another version of Jesus' commission, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when he, pro- when he promises, but you will receive power. This power, I think, involves strength and courage as well. There's supernatural power. There's internal strength and courage. He gives, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. It's been my experience that the power, the strength, and the courage 
uh, supplied by the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses, comes in the midst of witnessing. As I've shared my faith with unbelievers, God has been faithful to empower me. Recently, I was scared to death. I, was gonna, I decided I'm going to talk to my brother-in-law about his faith, and I was really scared. And uh, the first words were really hard. Hey, can we just talk a little bit about faith? I don't even remember what I said. We sat down, and as the, co- the conversation went great. And the, it just, the, 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 the fear faded away because God was there among us, and he was working. He'll be faithful to empower you as you obey his command to make disciples. And why doesn't he just give us the strength and courage in advance so we don't have to go through the fear part? Because he wants us to trust in him. We'll start thinking, oh, this is me. I can do this. I'm pretty cool, you know. But if we, if we, if we have that fear then, and we have to turn to him, then we can say, give him the glory. It was him. It was only him that I was able to have that conversation with my brother-in-law. So brothers and sisters, let us be strong and courageous to go to our families and to our neighbors, places of work, to this community. Let's tell others about the wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's obey God's command and let's receive his strength and courage. And finally, the Great Commission ends with this awesome truth. Jesus gives us his presence to depend on. Jesus is present in our lives. And behold, I am with you always, he says in the second half of verse 20, to the end of the age. God said he would be with Joshua as he conquered the land. And Jesus says, Jesus says he will be with us as we engage in our mission, as we go about making disciples. And this, above all else, should give us just this overwhelming sense of strength and courage to reach out. God is with us. And, and this is the context. You notice he gives these promises of being with us. We just say, Jesus is with us. Amen. He's always with us. And that's true. But he gives these promises of power from the Holy Spirit and his presence in our lives in the context of our, of our mission. I think there's a, a special power that he gives us and empowerment and presence when we're engaged in his mis- mission. I don't feel Jesus in my life. Let me tell you what to do. Step out and start telling someone about Jesus and you'll feel Jesus in your life. God is with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. When you step out into a tough place, you're never alone. When you trust that he has all authority over all peoples and when you obey his command to make disciples, Never for a second doubt that Jesus Christ is with you, that He's working in and through your life, that He's doing the work. There's no place, there's no place you can go, no matter how risky, how dangerous, how difficult, that He will not be with you. There's no person you can speak to who's able to defeat His presence in your life. They may in your mind, be able to defeat your argument, but they're not going to defeat God's presence in your life, the, the, the glorious presence of Jesus Christ in your life. So be strong and courageous, not because of who you are or all you know or all you've studied, but what He can accomplish, but because of God's presence in your life, be strong and courageous because strength and courage comes from the Lord. He supplies it. So as we face the challenge of reaching our world, our mission, as we face the difficulties of being a world changer, it's a pretty lofty thing. We're going to change the world, okay. Listen to the Lord who says, be strong and courageous. 
trust and fight for the promises that Jesus will bring victory. Obey the command to go make disciples. And finally, and most importantly, depend on God's presence in your life. Depend on Jesus to work in and through you. To give you the strength and courage to saddle up and face your fears. And reach out to those in need. And I'm going I'm to just pray for us for that. That we would, that we would do those things. Those, those three things in our life. Lord God, I just pray that we would trust that we would be a people who trust in your promises. You've given us so many promises, Lord. You've promised that you're in charge of the nations, Lord. Lord, that we would trust in that and and that we would go out and that we would fight for that promise to be real in, in the lives of the people around us, Lord. Lord, that we would obey your commands that we would obey your commands, that we would, we would know the boundaries, we wouldn't go to the left or to the right, that we would be your people representing you in this world. People would see a difference in our lives and you would give us strength and courage to shout, it's because of Jesus, it's because of Jesus, Lord, and that we would, in everything we do, in every place we go, depend on your holy presence in our lives, Lord. Thank you that you're in our lives, that you're working to transform us, to make us into your people, Lord, and just give us the power, empower us with strength and courage as we step out in faith to represent that presence that's in us, your presence to the world, Father. Just be with us, work in and through us, transform us, renew us, and use us for your purposes. In Christ we we pray, Amen. amen.